0: so much, Sam. Uh, morning, all. Um, and I'm Arnold Nechambide, um, Executive Director for Pambano Technology Development Center. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I know we're all battling with load shedding. I'm pleased to see that uh, we've got about 22 participants. So, hopefully, you know, uh, uh, in the next hour or so, we'll still all be connected uh, on our session. So this is our first of the four sessions, um, planned sessions that we have with um, uh, AWS. More to give information to our nonprofits, and today we've got a fantastic lineup. Uh, you know, coming up today, but uh, uh, we, oh, sorry, <laughs> you know, look, you know, all this webinars. It's not easy as you know when we have like a physical event. Obviously, you know, we have we have been talking with AWS previously, before the you know the the COVID, but now, you know, with COVID, we're obviously not able to do any planned fiscal event. So this is our first of the four that we have this year. Uh, we're fortunate to have Aslyn Barrons, who is the AWS nonprofits territory account manager. She will be the one who will take the lead on this session today. So, Aslyn, uh, over to you.
1: Thank you, Arnold. And welcome to all of you who have joined us today. Before I kick off, um, we do have a poll up. We'd like to just hear and understand from you if you've heard of AWS for nonprofits before. And if you could just take a second to complete the poll, we'd really appreciate that. Okay, so um, moving along, everyone, welcome to the session today. As Arnold mentioned, this is the first of a four-part a series. Um, where We really want to work with leaders from nonprofit organizations and really show you, how, show you how we can partner up and make the world a better place using AWS technology. So my name is Eslin Barnes and I am the non-profits Territory Account Manager for South Africa. And um, I'm also joined today by Rob Hutchinson, who's, who's the CEO of Dear South Africa and um, Alexander Book, the COO of RefUnite, both of two brilliant uh, non-profit organizations doing really amazing work So, I'm very excited to share with you today. um, Today, we're going to be looking at, um, I'm going to be taking you through an introduction to AWS. We are also going to look at AWS's history in Africa. And then we're going to go through a couple of case studies and actually give you some practical examples of how nonprofits are using AWS to advance the organization's mission. I'm going to also take you through the programs and the resources that we have available for nonprofits and leave you with my contact information, should you wish to actually explore these a bit further. And most importantly, we're going to be hearing from the executives of two nonprofit organizations, and they are really going to be talking about their organization, their mission, and then how they've used cloud technology to really amplify their impact uh, in the world. So if we look at um, AWS, uh, we have been offering IT infrastructure services to businesses since um, 2006. So basically, we provide highly reliable, scalable, and low-cost infrastructure. In, in the cloud to millions of customers um, across the world. So we offer a broad set of global compute, storage, database, analytics, application, and deployment services. And so just to start at the very beginning, for those of you, anyone who is maybe new to cloud computing, cloud computing basically refers to the on-demand delivery of IT resources and applications via the internet um, you know, with a pay-as-you-go pricing model. And so if we look at, you know, particularly for AWS, why does cloud really matter for us within the public sector is because we want to provide the cloud technology that can pave the way for innovation and that can contribute towards world-changing projects. So within AWS, we have our public sector team and that's really made up of four core uh, segments that we focus on. So we uh, look after education. So all education institutions, edtech companies, um, and organizations you know, working in the education and skills development um, space. We then also have a strong focus on healthcare and life sciences. Then we have our national, um, regional, local governments Organizations that we work with. And then we also have our nonprofit organizations, um, which also consists of the NGOs and any other tech companies that are servicing the nonprofit segment. So if we look at AWS in the public sector, so globally we have over seven and a half thousand government agencies using AWS. We have over 14,000 educational institutions um, using the cloud. And over thirty-five thousand nonprofits um, presently are making use of um, AWS for various services, which we'll go into in the next couple of slides. And so, you know, if we really look at why does cloud matter, particularly for public sector, is that firstly we want to pave the way for innovation. So, you know, working with cloud technology, it really, um, you know, gives you more tools. To be able to innovate and, and disrupt um, the way things are done out there. It gives you the ability to remain agile um, and also equips you with those 21st century capability um, with cloud and um, the upskilling in this uh, new sector. It provides, you know, workers, youth uh, with new skills and also provides organizations with large cost savings, which they can benefit Uh, from because of the economies of scale that you get with the cloud. Secondly, you know, and most importantly, specifically specifically also looking at uh, nonprofit organizations is that we want to help you focus on your mission. So we want to provide the technology that's going to contribute to those world changing projects, um, that's going to um, contribute to economic development, skills development, uh, we want to work with the you know, public sector to improve citizen services and engagements, and um, also to be, a- to be able to provide the technology that can really power up high quality research and education. So, if you look at some of the nonprofits currently uh, using AWS across the globe, um, there's uh, quite a number of nonprofits and across a huge range as well. Um, some many of you will know uh, Just Giving, uh, Give and Gain, and Global Giving. Those are three of the largest crowdfunding platforms within, you know, the social impact space, which are all hosted on AWS. We also have organisations like the American Heart Association, Change.org, really of such a wide range of NPOs who are seeking to kind of innovate uh, with using the cloud. So maybe delving into one example, uh, here we have the International Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And their task was really to identify and locate missing and exploited children at a faster rate. So they worked with one of our teams to really integrate artificial intelligence, machine learning tools, our facial recognition tools, to basically search the internet for photos of children to compare them against images from open cases. And um, the result of this is that they were now able to identify uh, missing children within a 30-second search, and then inform law enforcement officers and NGOs with leads on the possible whereabouts of these missing children. And this has helped the organization close, um, you know, a number of cases within a 24-hour period, whereas before it would take them even weeks or, you know, months to close out on cases like this. Now, bringing it a little bit closer to home, to here in South Africa, we've got Panthera, which is the only organization in the world devoted exclusively to preserving the world's 40 wildcat species and their habitats. And scientists from Panthera collect images and data from cameras around the world. And then they use that data to monitor species in the world and to help them in their conservation. Um, and so before, you know, 2017, Panthera didn't have a structured way to collect, to store, to curate and actually um, manage and analyze their data. Um, and so eventually they, they built what they call the Panthera integrated data systems on AWS to be able to um, lead the standardization of all of their data, and this ultimately better equipped their scientists and their non-specialists to process data without needing, you know, a particular technical um, skill set. So, if we look at why why are customers choosing cloud, um, and you know, there's uh, various reasons, but um, you know, the main reasons. Uh, that customers are using cloud or choosing to go with the cloud um, is that firstly they can trade the capital expense for a variable expense. So instead of you know having to spend large amounts of time and money investing in infrastructure, they're able to kind of use what they need, when they need it, you know, um, they're able to spin up environments, take it down, and only pay for what they what they use. So secondly, Um, We see organizations also benefiting from the massive economies of scale, and especially when you go with a a large cloud provider that can provide those economies of scale because there are millions of customers kind of using that computing services that we're able to constantly look at bringing the costs down for um, organizations across the board. So thirdly, uh, with the cloud, you're able to increase your speed and agility because there's so many services. So many ready-made services that you can just quickly deploy in the cloud that it um, improves your ability as an organization to quickly respond to changes and to be able to innovate, bringing out, you know, new services, new revenue streams, and and so forth. For those, you know, looking at an international market, you are able to um, deploy service across the world. Um, and you're able to gl- go global in a matter of minutes. And then you're also able to stop spending money on running and maintaining data centers because there's so much that's already taken care for you when you go with a cloud service provider that you can really then you know direct your your IT team's attention to focusing on more strategic projects, projects.. <coughs> Excuse me. And lastly, Um, you can stop guessing capacity because you know with the cloud you are able to kind of monitor your environment you are able to set and configure alerts so that you are able to you know manage your spend on an ongoing basis so if there's one thing that last year taught us that covert taught us is that you know we can't afford to be slow and we must have a plan to integrate cloud, to integrate technology into the way that we work, the way that we learn, um, so that we're able to still operate and we're still able to kind of, you know, um, reach out there and impact uh, various beneficiaries, regardless of some of the changes that might happen around us, right? So in the old world, um, you know, infrastructure, it could take weeks or months to plan and procure for the infrastructure, whereas now, um, with AWS, you can add a new environment, you can deploy warehouses and shut it down within a matter of minutes and only pay for what you you use. So it's really transformed IT's ability to support the strategic and operational success of the organization. So with the, you know, over the 35,000 nonprofits that are currently with AWS, um, you know the feedback that we're getting from that BIM is that they're able to innovate faster. They're able to save on time and money, um, because you know with the cloud you're able to automate processes, democratize data, and start also using that data um, you know more effectively within your organization and even within the wider industries within, within which you operate. Um, you're able to configure alerts and notifications. And most importantly, in this nonprofit uh, space, you know, we are concerned about your beneficiaries. So how can we help you? um, You know, how can we support you in ensuring your beneficiary success? So so some of you might be familiar with Gartner. Uh, Gartner is basically a third party, um, you know, market research firm and they have been doing a number of assessments within the technology space. For 10 years, they've been running an assessment looking at cloud leadership. And for this assessment, they look at a number of metrics such as the breadth and depth of uh, cloud services uh, that we offer. They look at customer satisfaction, market penetration, market satisfaction, um, and also the diversity of um, our partner network. And with all of these metrics for the 10 consecutive years that they've been doing this assessment, AWS has um, consecutively come out as the leader uh, in this field. And um, so yeah, we, we really offer a, a broad and deep and robust um, set of tools. And literally anything that you want to build in the cloud it can be built using the different building blocks and tools that we have within AWS. So um, everything from co- core services such as compute, storage, databases, to security tools, um, to analytics, IoT, machine learning. Um, you know, It's really quite um, amazing what you can do with all um, that is available within cloud technology today. And um, most importantly, I just want to call out the that the technical and business support um, that we do provide our customers, um, because we know that going on the cloud journey, it can be new, it can be, um, you know, you need as much support as you go on this journey. And so we offer a wide range of um, support um, in the form of, you know, a, an account management team, partners there that are there to assist a training and certification to help you and your team members you know upskill yourselves um, and really a wide wide range of options that we provide our customers with. So just looking a little bit at our, our global um, landscape so uh, presently we are in 25 um, regions and you know when we speak about a region at AWS we are referring to a geographic location. Um, And so within each geographic location, we have at least two availability zones, and I'll take you through that in a a second, and we have 80 um, availability zones um, as well. So how our um, infrastructure is um, set out is that in one region, so you get one region over here, each region has at least two availability zones, as you can see. And in each availability zone, you will then have you know, two or more data centers. So in Cape Town and in, in South Africa, yeah, we've got our, um, our region here yeah, in Cape Town with our availability zones and, and data centers as well, servicing you know, South Africa and the rest of the um, African market. So just quickly giving you a, a view of our presence in Africa. So AWS actually started out here in, um, in Cape Town back in 2004. We first established our presence with a development center in, in Cape Town. And here we built many pioneering networking um, technologies. And actually the technology behind um, the Amazon Elastic Compute Cloud, EC2, which is the, our main computing uh, service was actually developed here um, in Cape Town. We then, between 2004 and 2015, um, there were a lot of other um, engagement from uh, Amazon, obviously being our parent company with a retail um, center and warehouse and call centers being set up um, here in in Cape Town as well. Um, In 2015, we expanded our presence in the country. So we opened up an office in Johannesburg. Um, And then in 2017, Um, The Amazon global network expanded to Africa through AWS Direct Connect. In 2018, we launched um, our infrastructure on the African continent uh, by introducing the Amazon CloudFront to South Africa and two edge locations in Johannesburg and Cape Town. In 2019, we launched our edge location in Nairobi, in Kenya. And in 2020, in April last year, we opened up the Africa you know, data center region um, here in Africa, based here in Cape Town. And um, it really just shows our commitment um, to the country, to this region. Um, and we're constantly growing and expanding um, here within South Africa. So if you look at what um, sets AWS apart, um, is that firstly, we've been building and managing cloud um, since 2006. Um, that really gave us about a six to seven uh, year leeway in the, in the cloud uh, space. Um, uh, our service breadth and depth. So we have uh, two, over 200 services to support any workload in the cloud. Our pace of innovation, invention, is a part of our DNA at AWS. And we have um, over 11,000 features that has been released you know, since we started out in 2006. Um, and then we've got a global footprint as I've, I've shared with you, 25 regions, 80 availability zones and 215 edge locations. And then our pricing philosophy. So to date, we have dropped our prices 107 times, and we are constantly looking at how do we bring, how do we reduce our prices for our customers? So we are constantly looking at, you know, um, How do we bring our own costs down as a company? And when we do that through our economies of scale, we are able to pass down those price reductions onto our customers. And then our community. So we've got tens of thousands of partners. um, We have 8,000 marketplace products. um, And we really have quite a diverse and robust um, community happening around um, AWS. So we architected for the top government security um, uh, requirements. We have over 204 um, security um, and compliance accreditations and these are all available on our our website um, as well. So we really architected for the highest level of security. And in fact, the way we approach security at AWS is through a shared responsibility model. So what that means is that AWS is responsible for the security of the cloud. So, you know, this means the global infrastructure ensuring that we've got the top uh, standard um, infrastructure available for you to use. However, it is your responsibility as a customer, you are responsible for the security in the cloud. So we have no, we have, zero access to anyone's data in the cloud, because once you actually create your account, you you can set up all of the um, security encryption metrics within your environment to ensure that everything um, stays secure. So now, just uh, before I I start handing over, I, I want to talk about the programs and the offerings that we do have available for nonprofits. So, um, firstly, there are our ongoing webinars and our online events, just like the one that um, you're sitting in today. Uh, we're doing a few more of these throughout the years um, in partnership with TechSoup, and we also have a range of online events. And I regularly share this with you know my customer base and on social media so that you know, the MPO community can stay informed about it. Um, We then have local and international conferences. So usually we have one annual nonprofit conference. It's called the Imagine Conference. Um, It's usually held in Seattle in the States every year. Um, But as you can imagine, with the impact of COVID, we've had to host it uh, virtually last year and this year. Um, But uh, this is information that will also be shared with you to you know, for you to attend, Um, and it really is a great um, platform and space for you to actually learn from other nonprofits and how they are integrating technology into their business models. We then also do um, the virtual NPO office hours. So if you decide that, um, you know, you want to explore the cloud, you want to explore AWS technology for uh, one of your projects, Um, I'll work hand in hand with you to do office hours to ensure that you get the support that you need um, in, you know, um, developing and implementing your new project. We also have a range of training and certification offerings. So we want to ensure, of course, that you are equipped uh, with the skills that you need for your cloud journey, as well as the rest of your team. So we have a range of um, different training and certification options as well. Uh, Then you also have an account management team. So there's myself as the account manager. I then work with um, a a set of solution architects who come in with the technical expertise. Um, I also work with a very wide partner network. So based on what your needs are, and you know, what your strategic and digital roadmap is, I'll basically work with you and pull in the right um, you know, resources as required. We then have the AWS free tier of services. So basically um, you can go onto the AWS website, you can register for a free account and there's a wide range of services that you um, can get to use for the first 12 months um, in there. We then have the NPO credits program, which I'm gonna talk about, um, I think on the next slide, just to let you know how that work. And we then have NPO competitions. We've got the Imagine Grant that runs every year. We also have a city on the cloud competition. Um, so, you know, I also keep the community informed of these competitions uh, when they become available. And in fact, um, Rob, who's gonna to speak to us um, just in a few minutes, uh, was actually one of the South African winners of the city on a cloud competition. So I'm sure he's gonna share a little bit more of his experience um, around that. And then also marketing and PR opportunities. So we provide this for our customers, you know where we have local and international events, um, blog posts, websites, um, wherever we can help to also you know amplify your story, and share it out there to wider industry stakeholders. So um, just looking at our our nonprofits credit program. So we, there's two ways that as a nonprofit organization, you could access these credits, right? Um, So the first way is through uh, TechSoup and Pambano Technology Center, our partner, um, you know, for today, um, there is a um, a grant of $2,000 that nonprofits can, um, access. So this typically runs from the 15th of January to around July um, or August depending you know on how many applications um, uh, they receive it might run out sooner than later. but this is basically your first point of call to apply for credits. Um, All of them, secondly, if you've got a a bigger project, a more strategic project, and uh, you know that you're going to need a bit more credits, you're welcome to contact me, um, and I will work with our internal credits team to see um, how we can, you know, work together to bring your, you know, new cloud project to life. And basically, you can use these credits to conduct a proof of concept. So, you if you want to test out new innovations or new workloads in the cloud, you can use it for that. You can also use it to save on IT costs. So, um, you know, I've got many uh, nonprofits who basically you know host their website in AWS. So, the two thousand dollars in credits goes against hosting their website, um, hosting databases, data lakes. Um, so, you can use it against you know some of your IT costs. You can also use it um, to make use of, you know, some of our advanced services, so where you are able to gather, process, analyze, and visualize data to make more informed, you know, targeting um, and fundraising decisions. You can analyze big data pipelines. Um, You can also equip your volunteers or your temporary employees and other staff with virtual desktops you know, on the fly without having to commit to long-term licensing agreements. And um, you can widen your global reach and deploy your solutions where they are needed. And ultimately, you know, you can manage all of your organizations, AWS cloud services, uh, platforms and applications from, you know, one um, console. Um, And then lastly, maybe just talking about one more um, organization, we've got change.org which is one of the world's largest social change platforms. And they have about 130 million, you know, citizens across the world who um, contribute to various causes across the world. Um, So change.org really needed a website that was agile, that was scalable to actually be able to, you know, uh, deal with all of this traffic. And so they, you know, Started using our computing services, our database services, storage, um, load balancing, and basically by, by using all of these services, they um, they will have more redundancy and resiliency for their global users, and that really opens up the whole new world in terms of their future international um, expansion. So, so for that, um, uh, this is my my email address. Um, which which I'm sure will be shared with you as well. But I'm now going to hand over to Rob Hutchinson, who is the CEO of Dear South Africa. And he's going to just um, talk through his experience um, of integrating cloud technology into his organization.
2: Thank you, Eslyn. Good afternoon, everyone. Or is it still morning? No, it is still morning. I trust you're all, all well. <laughs> it is still morning. Thanks, Arnold. Lovely. <laughs> you know, we get confused here. Time becomes a blur wherever we are, So, especially when we're busy. And there's no industry that's busier than, than the nonprofit sector. People mm-hmm. often underassume that, um, uh, that we just sit around and and do nothing and wait for things to happen and then and then react, but that's not the truth at all. We we are we are kept extremely busy through throughout the, and often in in behind the scenes, trying to develop projects and identify problems and find find solutions for that. Um, perhaps I I should start with what uh, dear South Africa all actually is, and it's it's interesting that um, uh, as in. You refer to change.org as a as, as a great example of an organization using um, Amazon technology because Dear South Africa is not much different from, from Change.org in that we also um, run and facilitate public participation in, in government events. However, we differ in that we don't run petitions. Uh, change.org is simply set, set for petitions, whereas Dear South Africa, we actually facilitate proper public participation which requires a a very or should I say a, a rather intense um, technology background as everything is is online and um, it has to be captured and facilitated and presented to government in in the correct format to be seen as, as legal uh, public participation so we facilitate public participation processes in mostly uh, policy formation as all societal problems either stem from missing legislation or inadequate legislation or in some cases overbearing overbearing legislation and therefore the legislative environment is always is always changing it's fluid it's dynamic and it has to be amended to to the current um, environmental conditions and situations um never before has it been more apparent than during during COVID, where we've seen a huge focus on on public participation in forming regulations around uh, lockdowns and uh, disaster management acts, and so on. So the publics become quite aware of what uh, it is involved in public participation, and luckily in South Africa, you know, we live in a a participative democracy, and where it's enshrined in, in our constitution that the public must be involved. In, a, a, in policy formation and government matters at all levels, and furthermore, government has to show evidence of of public participation in in all their in all their decision making processes. So that's where that's where we step in. We facilitate that whole process. It's all done online, and we've had seen well, we've seen phenomenal growth in over over 200 projects or completed projects in the past uh, three very short years. In in that time, we've seen our uh, communication database and active participant network grow to about 1.1 million people. So far, it's still growing at a rapid rate. And um, we've experienced unprecedented growth in, in, like I said, the over 200 projects. We uh, currently, deliver about 250,000 emails uh, a day uh, through, through our participation network, either notifications to government or uh, notifications to, to participants. And uh, as such, we faced a phenomenal problem when it comes to uh, hosting technology, our uh, internal systems, and trying to coordinate and, and manage the, the whole working environment. It's been an incredible journey with a lot of problems along the way. Um, we've kept it, kept our organization as a small core team um, of around five people. And as we get more projects on or take on more work, we expand in, in an organic way using um, contractors or partnering with, with other organizations or even uh, with government in, in some cases. We formed strong relationships with a number of other civil organisations, and we assist them in participation to further their causes, as well as um, government. We facilitate government to present uh, proper public participation to through to them in in, uh, in, in, in a manner that they can identify. After, to give you an example, our first project was uh, it was on a municipal level in in Cape Town. Where we, uh, the city called for comment on a tariff that they wanted to introduce. And normally the city gets around about 200 public submissions. We flooded them with about 61,000 at, at that time, which was placed an extreme burden on, on the city themselves and forced us to develop uh, other systems in house where we could produce reports as well as individually delivering all the public submissions to, to, to government. We also produce the reports for for the committees and summaries. And we can do that um, at the flick of a button, really. It's because of the uh, development that we've seen uh, throughout our tech systems. We can um, launch a project from from Spark to Rollout in a matter of 90 minutes. So that involves uh, setting up the tech systems, expanding uh, our resources absolutely everything even introducing um, the marketing side of it to and the uh, email email notification services to to previous participants in in our database so uh, the first hurdle that we had was pretty much just like uh, any any corporate organization we would uh, we placed all our uh, resources in-house and that, that immediately struck problems, where uh, the first project that we ran, our servers collapsed. They just simply couldn't handle the, the traffic flow. And um, then we upgraded to uh, the bigger servers. And eventually, we uh, our service provider um, said to us, look, we can't deal with your traffic load anymore. You've got a, a dedicated server at the top of the line. And we've expanded and split your operation over four of our servers. And we simply still cannot uh, handle the amount of traffic, especially the number of emails. So the first thing we did then was shifted the email uh, notification service onto Amazon's uh, framework. And boy, can I say our, our deliverability and reliability increased immeasurably. We were then able to um, deliver, the, like I said earlier, 250,000 emails a day in, in the notifications, and also saw a great um, uh, open rate and click-through rate as emails were actually making it into into people's inboxes, and uh, we saw great response and growth on on that side. Government also started receiving a lot of uh, notifications, as previously they were they were bouncing and just simply not getting delivered because our our servers were, were were too too backed up. So that was the that was the first move that we did over there, and then. We, we the, our growth just uh, took off from, from that point. And if I can throw some stats at you, uh, our website, because our entire operation is, is web-based, our website sees about uh, 150 million hits in the past 12 months, and uh, over 1 million page views every month. So that's, it is really a, a, a huge uh, operation which has created impact, but it would not have been possible Using our, our own resources, simply because of the uh, cost outlay and capital investment that, that would have been required from from our side. And the beauty, I mean, we all know the nonprofit environment is quite quite unstable. So, um, you know, sometimes you can be absolutely busy, and sometimes you're sitting around waiting for for things to happen. And uh, during that time, your 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 technology and your infrastructure is sitting idle. And it's it's really uh, it seems like a silly investment to to have uh, your own inboard and inboard technology sitting idle. So just like we can expand and 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 contract operationally um, through through contracting and outsourcing uh, staff and services, so can our uh, infrastructure on on Amazon's platform. We only get charged for what we use at, at the time instead of the same. Fixed, massive, uh, costly, uh, ma- massive uh, monthly costs uh, that we that we would face if it was our own proprietary um, uh, operation. Um, yeah, there's, there hasn't been uh, any problems. The service that we've received from, from Amazon has really opened up different avenues for us. The especially when it comes to uh, innovative thinking, which you have to do constantly in the nonprofit environment. Um, there's there's and again, it's, it's been absolutely shown through through the COVID period where where most organisations and, and companies uh, saw a decline in in sales or, or customer interaction. We saw it's been one of our massive uh, growth periods, actually. We've we increased our, our traffic load and projects and engagement with the public uh, by a thousand percent during during that time and it's simply because everything went online everything went online everybody was uh, now forced to to operate remotely and we were already prepared for for that we didn't have to change our systems we didn't have to redevelop anything it was simply let's just change the marketing aspect to it and that was just a matter of hours and that that it got done so we we grew during that period we've where, again, we can scale up and scale down as, as, we, as we see fit. And it's, it's really been a, a fantastic time. Um, as, as I said, the, Amazon's got such a, a wide range of, of offerings in, in different modules and, and products that it's, you, you, you sit there going through all, all the offerings and you get inspired, like, maybe we should try, try that. I wonder if we just plug that module in quickly and all that operation. How would that affect um, our uh, donor retention? How would that affect our, um, our member growth, and, and so on? And you can chop and change instantly within minutes and run run different tests on different systems without affecting your your core operation or, or your mandate. So you can still, still do that. And it, it just plans for so, so much growth, and the options are Absolutely, absolutely endless. And which is, we're now expanding beyond uh, the South Africa's borders. We're going into different countries, different regions, and we've been approached by uh, organizations within the US market, within the UK, uh, Ghana, Kenya, Namibia, Lesotho, Australia, all, all just, and to, we don't now have to go and develop systems within each of those countries. We simply expand through through the cloud network, and it's it's really just the flick of a switch. Plug, plug in a new module and launch within a matter of hours. So, it's it's uh, it's a no brainer for for us, um, and it's been an absolutely wonderful journey, no doubt helped by uh, we did receive a, a fantastic accolade from from Amazon, and that was the. Uh, City in the Cloud competition, we won the AWS Shape Your Future award, and that that has certainly certainly helped helped us in uh, exposure and in in funding the operation. So it's it's yeah, it's been a wonderful time and a wonderful partnership with 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 Amazon, and I, I see it as it's definitely been a partnership and not a, a service provider relationship. It uh, we Together we grow. And I think that is uh, one of the core values that uh, ESLIN has, has brought forward in, in, a, in unbelievable assistance. We had no clue how to migrate um, our operation from, from our in-house and onboard systems into the Amazon uh, cloud network. ESLIN is in that and put us in touch with local service providers who've got a relationship with, with Amazon. And it's been absolutely a wonderful journey. I can honestly say I don't think we would be um, in the position we are now able to meet our nonprofit mandate of facilitating public participation as effectively as, as we are doing now if it wasn't for the, the assistance of uh, Amazon and AWS. Thank you. Great. Th- thanks so much,
0: Rob. Um, Alexander? Will you, you, can you please share your experience as well?
3: Sure, sure. Thank you for having me. Um, I'll just share my screen as I have prepared a presentation. Two seconds Um, to find the right window. Um, Let me know if it's on. Yes, yes. Perfect. All right bit of background on, on our organization, uh, Refinite was founded back in 2008. It is the world's largest family tracing network. Uh, we have uh, more than 1.4 million people, uh, primarily refugees and internally displaced people uh, who search for lost loved ones uh, that has been separated by conflict and disasters. In this work um, over the past more than a decade, uh, we've grown intimately familiar with the technology that people carry around with them, uh, started off with feature phones. And uh, in the past few years, we've really seen an explosion in the uh, smartphone penetration. Um, and um, we've also realized that even though we've seen these uh, major changes where people are starting to carry you know, powerful devices uh, such as smartphones in their pockets, um, there is a lot of people that still don't. Um, this comes down to both the literacy, uh, income, uh, and uh, and tech literacy, and therefore, if we um, we decided to figure out how we could use local leaders to um, to to facilitate these uh, family tracing cases that is run through our uh, core product, um, and as we set out to do that, it was basically uh, you know uh, working with a few different uh, refugee leaders in in different locations, trying to do family tracing where they're sort of bridging the digital divide, going into local communities, finding people that have uh, missing family members and then connecting them to other leaders in different locations and seeing if they could, uh, you know, uh, find some information about the missing persons. Um, and as we did this, you know, we understood that there was a major opportunity for us to actually connect a lot of leaders uh, from uh, from different backgrounds uh, and beyond just you know uh, refugees and internally displaced people who were looking for lost loved ones. Uh, we saw that uh, leaders were, um, uh, were 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 a pretty disconnected uh, group that had many uh, common interests uh, and wanted a platform in which they could uh, connect with uh, with the other leaders. Um, uh, and that it was very location-based, so that uh, so it was great for leaders to get into a network in which they could uh, search for other leaders uh, around them, and then uh, do local interventions in in in, in different uh, in in different uh, spheres. Um, so our network is uh, currently uh, consisting of more than twenty-three thousand leaders. Um, and, uh, and they represent more than 12, 20 million constituents um, and have partnered with a lot of NGOs. So many uh, nonprofit organizations use uh, local leaders uh, when they execute their particular programs. Uh, some leaders are connected with more than one NGO uh, and are helping them doing uh, conducting the aid delivery. Um, but leaders also uh, is just really trusted uh, Uh, parties locally um, and uh, and and uh, are doing a lot of uh, a lot of work uh, voluntarily to to serve their communities. Um, Our growth rate has been uh, quite astonishing Uh, since we we launched the network a couple of years ago. uh, We've grown to this uh, 23 uh, odd thousand uh, leaders in the network and we're growing at a 15 percent month-over-month uh, month growth, uh, which is, puts us on track to, uh, to have more than 50,000 leaders uh, in, in Africa, uh, in, in basically every country uh, by the end of uh, this year. Um, and we have also added, uh, 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 I think we have more than 60 now uh, nonprofits that we collaborate with. And uh, what we basically do is is help uh, them in their expansion strategies. As many nonprofits are dependent on local leaders to execute their programs, uh, we give them an opportunity to to find new partners in uh, in in these program deliveries. And uh, and therefore we have uh, been been capable of uh, of, uh, of making uh, what should we say market entry easier for uh, for nonprofits in most of these locations you see uh, on, on, on the map, um, but um, besides besides our collaboration with uh, nonprofits and, and developing an, an Android application, maintaining this network, uh, we have uh, we have also uh, we have also been focused on a COVID campaign uh, that I will uh, talk a little bit about in a second. Um, Now to our Amazon Web Services, Uh, 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 (laughs) how we utilize Amazon Web Services. Basically across all our products we use Amazon Web Services. Um, It is is a pretty pretty, um, uh, standard setup uh, we got uh, and our uh, team has been super delighted working with Amazon Web Services. uh, recently, we went through a, a, a solutions uh, call with uh, representatives from uh, AWS and, uh, and got our uh, costs uh, reduced by more than 50%, which was quite astonishing to us that that was possible. Uh, so I can highly recommend uh, using uh, the expertise uh, within the AWS team to, to uh, optimize your, your setup as it, Comes with enormous savings, at least uh, for us, who had a bit of a dated, uh, uh, a bit of dated setup since we have existed since 2008. Um, what we have done uh, in COVID uh, during this pandemic has been basically to change the narrative uh, on uh, on uh, on the vaccines, uh, most recently, but also just information around uh, the particulars uh, of the pandemic. Uh, it has been incredibly uh, biased against the vaccines in, in most of our, uh, among most of our constituencies. Uh, people have uh, had some uh, pretty uh, pretty elaborate uh, ideas of, of what these vaccines entailed uh, from, uh, you know, this being a chipset that was inserted by uh, Bill Gates uh, to uh, something uh, that, a disease that, didn't exist uh, simply, so the vaccination would just give you the disease uh, that was otherwise uh, non-existent on the continent. Um, but uh, as we found out over the past uh, over the past months, uh, the most important thing to change this narrative and make people uh, ex- uh, uh, accommodating to the uh, to the vaccines when they are when they are on offer, it would be to follow uh, follow the leaders uh, basically. And uh, the bias among our leaders was also uh, against uh, the uh, the vaccine. I think about 70% of our leaders were hesitant or reluctant uh, to accept the vaccines. And we started an information campaign internally and uh, and uh, have shown leaders that have accepted the vaccines and the reason for that. And that has really changed uh, in, in favor of uh, accepting vaccines. So um, basically uh, leaders have been posting uh, images of themselves receiving uh, receiving the vaccines, and giving a bit of a, a testimonial on the reasoning behind that, and it has taken uh, taking the skepticism down from seventy four percent to to approximately ten uh, percent after our information campaigns among their constituencies, and we will continue to do this. So hopefully, over the next year, couple of years, we will be able to have uh, uh, many, many thousands of images of uh, leaders receiving vaccines, and, and, and uh, hopefully, that will also uh, make their constituents uh, inclined to accept them. And basically, um, I think I'll, I'll keep it at that. Uh, but uh, I'm happy to, to talk to any of you individually, if you're interested in joining the network, uh, you, can, you can drop me an email. It's obviously completely uh, completely free and we're just excited to expand the partnerships with NGOs on the continent. Thank you.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Alexander. And thanks also to you, Rob. Uh, congratulations on, on, on your award. Um, it, it's amazing because these are some of the things we weren't even aware, you know. <laughs> and, and also thanks to Eslin. Uh, for the, you know, presentation on, you know, also to understand, you know, all this journey, you know, the, the entire journey that AWS has gone through, uh, just also to look on, on the Q&A.